Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What a note say, Dan. Cat dead. Details later. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills. And this week, my guest is the one and only Bobby Blood, drummer for the band's Downset and Cutthroat, as well as the co-host of the 85 Grave Horror Show over on YouTube. And he's also the writer, director, and he does a ton of other work for the upcoming horror film, Hell Nurse. Now, before we dive into that and a ton more, I just want to say, make sure you listen to the end of the episode as I'll be making an announcement for the upcoming month of April on the podcast. As well as I'll be giving an update on the upcoming Downset record as more info came out, of course, after we recorded and stuff like that. So make sure you listen to the end for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all other updates on the podcast. If you're a Spotify or Apple user, reviews are highly appreciated. Thank you guys again for listening, and here's this week's interview. Now, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Usually, I do start with just asking, you know, about, uh, you know, like your current projects and stuff like that and usually i start with the music stuff you know pretty much one quick question about that i know you're uh drumming for downset these days if i'm not mistaken you guys just finished up recording a new record not so long ago yeah well actually we we uh recorded it last year oh yeah um so uh we spent a couple of months a few months in a lockout in a studio in downtown la we wrote we uh you know we had it's always like that because like you know when a band does their first album, you have mm. all that time in the world. Well, with Downset, it was kind of the same thing. We, you know, there was no expectations. The band had been away for so long. So we took all that time and, you know, hashed it out, got it down exactly the way we wanted, went in and recorded and everything. But then, you know, with all the lockdowns and all that stuff and uh, no touring and none of that, we just, you know, it's, it's uh, taken this long for anything to happen, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are y'all looking forward to uh, are y'all looking to try to put it out sometime in 2022 or maybe even 2023, just so that way maybe the world's a little more open? No, I mean, uh, you know, I can't say a whole lot about it, but, you know, that's that's already been taken care of. That's already in effect as far as uh, where it's coming out and 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 when I just can't say it. But I think, you know, the last I heard there was going to be an announcement on the 17th of February. I sent a, a message to find out if that date is still happening you know, as far as the announcement of everything, I, but I didn't get an answer back yet. So, um, you know, all I can say is, yeah, it's going to come out this year for sure. Hell yeah. No, that's awesome. And uh, this episode will drop like second week of March. So if, if it does get announced, I'll just add like the info about that, you know, an in intro, outro or whatever the episode. So, oh, it sounds good. Cool. cool. Hell yeah. And uh, I know that throughout the years, you've played in tons of bands. Some of my favorites, you know, Murder, Death, Kill, uh, First Blood and stuff like that. Are, are you in any other music projects right now? Or is uh, Downset really the only thing you're playing with currently? You know, it's really just downset. Um, I do play in, a, in another band called Cutthroat LA. Oh, yeah. Right now, I'm not touring with them or anything. But, uh, you know, the album they got coming out, I'm on it. Um, and I've been the drummer of that band since uh, 2018. Yeah. And um, one thing, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know about Cutthroat is I got brought into Cutthroat from the guitar player of downset. Oh, yeah. Because um, I don't know if you know about some years ago, downset came back with a different singer. Yeah. Did you know about that? 
I, know, I, heard, I heard about it, but I didn't know like much about the story. I just knew that they were back, like that's when they you know came back. Yeah, well, basically, you know, the guitar player and the drummer Chris Lee, mm. they uh they reformed Downset and uh, went out with another singer, and uh, the singer of that that band is the singer of Cutthroat, or I'm sorry, the singer that they went out with is the singer of Cutthroat. So yeah, oh, yeah. then um you know then there was kind of like a war over the name, and then um so Cutthroat, you know, I think Cutthroat already existed, but Roy was in Cutthroat LA and he asked me to come and jam and play with them. Yeah. So that's how I got into Cutthroat. And then Roy went back into Downset with Ray, with the, you know, with the original singer. Hmm. And so it's like basically I've been playing for both versions of Downset for the last few years. Hell yeah. <laughs> but there's there's only one, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, no, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It's like all the the this the lineup switches formed into two different bands and now you've played for both of them. So yeah, yeah. So I got you know, I got brought in, you know by the by roy yeah. who is you know my my og my blood you know hell yeah that's awesome like we spoke about a little bit at the beginning of the uh you know episode when we first hopped on you just spent the last year and a, like about year and a half if i'm not mistaken or at least like year you know filming and uh directing hell nurse if i'm not mistaken you wrote and directed that right yeah it's been a couple of years i started i actually started filming that in 2019 okay hell yeah. um so i wrote it i wrote it in 2019 and then uh started filming it but um you know, same thing. I, I do everything with that. I built all the sets. I wrote it, yeah. directed it. I cast it. Um, I did all the lighting. I did all the editing, everything, everything for it. So, yeah. you know, that takes a long time. And then, of course, uh, I was I had it ready at the end of October of 19, but it wasn't long enough. It was like 44 minutes long. Yeah. And that's, you know, I wanted it to be over an hour. But when, when you start cutting and you start editing, you start cutting out all the unnecessary stuff. And it was in too short. They ended up being too short. So then 2020 came. I was like, well, I'll, I'll release it anyway. But then they shut everything down. Yeah. So um, I was like, well, okay, I'll just take some time and add some more footage. And then I then I was going to release it in 2021, but it didn't really get much better, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the lockdowns and everything. So first thing this year, I went ahead and did the screening, let everybody see it. Now it's, you know, it's the proper length. It's 77 minutes long. But yeah, it, you know, it took a couple of years. Oh yeah. Well, congrats on the first screen. And I saw that you did post about that the other night. Now, that's one thing I enjoy about, you know, following your page and stuff is I saw where you guys were casting an axe for the movie and stuff like that, like a couple uh, months ago. And just like yeah. shit like that, that, you, you know, usually people don't post on their stuff is really cool to see. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, That's actually for the next movie I'm doing. Uh-huh. Um, that's a, a movie called Barry the Hatchet, but Barry the name, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y. Yeah. So um, I've already started working on all the, you know, we got all the props and we got all the, all the casting is, most of the casting is done. We were going to start filming that last summer, kind of the same situation. There was lockdowns, there was the fire restrictions. Now this is a, this next film is a, you know, like a camping Friday the 13th type of film, you know? Oh, yeah killer in the woods film so we need the campfire we need all that and the only place we were going to be able to do that was in tennessee you know i tried to get it i tried to do it in california multiple times tried to do it in um, up near flagstaff multiple times every time we got close they would you know introduce new fire restrictions so finally we decided okay we're going to go to tennessee and do this um the singer of cutthroat has some property out there and he was going to let us uh film it out there but then it got too cold it got too cold by the time we were going to go out there. Tennessee gets colder a little quicker than it does out here on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, now we're just waiting for it to get warm and we're going to start filming that. So over the winter, yeah, we were doing the casting, getting all the axes done, all the all the heads, all the all the death heads, you know, that we use for uh, the kill scene, things like that. We got all that done already. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So pretty much as soon as you finish, you know, promoting and running Hell Nurse out, you'll be jumping into that film yeah i'll be doing them both at the same time i i do that man i overlap my projects and i got a real bad habit of that i get too excited and i just can't wait you know 
No, I feel you on that. That's that's some of my issue, you know, like, like in the past, you know, for instance, like we, you know, me, you and me were set up, you know, I like would release my episode uh, lineups way too early and then I'd have to be like, oh, you know, not this person anymore and shit like that. So I've uh, now I've gotten to where I at least wait until I've recorded all the episodes for the next month, but I also record them. I record them far in advance if I can, but you can't always bank on it, you know? So, yeah, man. And that's, uh, that's why I understand. That's why I was never like, ah, oh, what's up. And then, and, and I moved it too sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, we, you asked what other projects I have. The main thing is, you know, the, our, our, our show, our horror show, it's called 85 grave. Yeah. So yeah. because I do that show, I know how much production it takes. And, you know, I, I understand when, you know, and I do the same thing that you do. I'll get really excited and I'll announce things. And then it just, I can't get it done at the right time or the, or the, the guests don't appear when I hoped that they would things like that. Yeah. So um, real quick on that, with that show, I don't know if you probably haven't seen it, but what, what I do is I like to go to all the locations of the horror films or where certain famous like musicians got killed, things like that. It's just kind of my weird thing that I like to do. So in yeah. September cutthroat went out on, on a little tour out towards Florida so I drove out there and after that tour, I spent another two and a half weeks just driving all around the country, getting footage and, and interviews and stuff for the 85 Graves show, which we haven't done any episodes in a while. Yeah. But um, I've got all that footage there in like pre-production or in production now. So this year I'll get a bunch of those out. So that's 85 Grave. That's uh, the main project I have aside from the movies. Fuck yeah. No, that was, I was actually going to ask you about that because uh, I'm a big fan of what you do with the 85 Graves show for sure. I, I watched a couple of the episodes. I watched the... Uh, you know, where you guys visited uh, American Werewolf in London. And then, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, interviewed David Naughton right afterwards and stuff. And then yeah. uh, then I saw the episode where uh, your co-host, you know, did the deep dive on the Casey Joe uh, Goddard story, you know, where she was, you know, their scream inspired murder and stuff. So, yeah, I've definitely. Yeah. And then I, I did see the other day, though, that you posted that you have a bunch of content ready to go. You're just getting it ready. So I'm excited for that for sure. Yeah, man, I appreciate that you've checked it out, man. And uh, I've checked yours out, too. That's why I got the mic out, because I know most of your interviews are done with phones. And, I, you know, I'm sure you don't really have much choice the way your show is. But yeah. I figured, man, fuck it. His show is really good. It sounds great. So I'm going to get him a good audio file, you know. Now, I appreciate That's that. It's on, man. So. Yeah, of course, man. I, you know, I, I, I love your show. But uh, but yeah, man, we do, uh, you know, the American World from London. That was probably one of my favorite trips. That was at the end yeah. of the, another tour. That was the last big tour in Europe. Uh, the persistence tour that ended in uh, at the end of January in 2020 before they shut everything down. Well, usually at the end of a tour of Europe, I'll stay out for a few, you know, a few days at least. Yeah. Um, and I, I usually end up going to Finland and hanging out with some of my friends there. But this time me and uh, my friend Tess, she was, uh, she tours with cutthroat. Sometimes mm. we went and we went to, uh, you saw like, you know, all the, all the locations from American world from London, yeah, we went to the spot where Bon Scott died. We went to where John Bonham died. We went to all those spots, and there's some other places, things we did out there. But that's that's what I do, man. When when I'm on tour, I'm like kind of can't wait to get done with the show so I can go run around and do this kind of shit, you know? Hell yeah! Do you have any upcoming uh, interviews or anything that you're stoked about that you can either tease or you know even you know spill the beans on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the the next thing that's gonna come out is um an interview that. I, okay, so we, we did that show on Razzle, the guy that got killed in the in the car crash with Vince Neil. Yeah, he was the okay, he was the drummer of Hanoi Rock. So we put that episode out, and there was a lot of questions about it. A lot of people uh, questioned certain little things about the, the the details of the car and the crash. Yeah. So um, one of the uh, a lot of people hit me up about that show, including members of Hanoi Rocks, and then somebody I can't say who it is yet. It'll come out in the interview, but somebody that was actually there that night oh, and sure. um so i went out to georgia on that trip i was talking about in september mm. and i went to georgia and i interviewed him at his house 
And um, see, that's, I'm the, like, if I can, I'll drive across the country to not have to do a phone interview, you know, because it's yeah. just, I just love that good quality sound, you know, but okay. um, he clears up a lot of that stuff, a lot of uh, the things that people have questions about and um, gives a lot of insight to that crash that people don't, I never knew, nobody's going to know about it because he was uh, there and he was really close with Vince Neil. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, so I'm excited about that because there's just, you know, I'm sure, you know, having a show and stuff like, you know, people will hit you up and they kind of want to contradict the things that you find. And uh, this is, you know, straight from the horse's mouth when you're going to hear it from this guy, what, what he has to say. So yeah. that's really exciting. That's coming up. I hope, I mean, I don't want to give a date because I'll say it and then I'll miss it by a month, but I would expect to have that out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. No, there was an instance not so long ago on a Facebook horror group where uh, somebody literally, I just commented and I just was like, I can't remember even what it was, but it had something to do with, you know, one of my past guests. And I just like answered a question and somebody tried to tell me I was wrong. And I was like, I'm not trying to sound like braggadocious here, but they literally told me themselves like a month, like a week ago on my podcast. You know what I mean? Like without being like, cause I, you know, of course, you know, it was just my personal Facebook. I wasn't up there with my podcast page or nothing, but it was like, I promise I didn't just like read this somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's awesome. I'll be looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, the reason that's the reason I do that. I did, I, we started that show and the co-host, that's my, that's my woman, you know, her name's yeah. Lauren. We started that because, um, you know, I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff and I do it anyway. Like I'll sit up at night and just research all these things and I'll try to find locations and stuff. And we finally decided, well, fuck, let's just do a show <laughs> and like, you know, I'll put it on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And, um, with uh, these people online, they don't understand who they're arguing with. They don't understand that people like us, you know, and you, we, we don't just come up with shit off the top of our head. You know, we've probably been researching it for years, you yeah. know, and uh, if we don't know it, probably nobody does. And, you know, but the other reason I did it is for that reason as well, because I wanted to connect with other people who are into that stuff. So I, you know, what I just said to contradict what I just said, I do get a lot of people that tell us stuff that yeah. were, you know, that were either there, like this thing I'm talking about. I know people who have claimed that they were with Bon Scott the night he passed away. You know, you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. But we've we have learned a lot of stuff from other people. And that is what our show is for. It's like to kind of just connect with people, not to like give people facts and say, Hey, this is it. And, and what we, we know it all and all that, you know, I just wanted to connect with other people yeah. and it's kind of grown from there. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting community Hell yeah. to, put it, to put it nicely, you know, no, interesting. <laughs> now that's one of my favorite parts of doing this thing is like, not even the, you know, so much the like people that listen and stuff like that, which don't get me wrong. I mean, I love, you know, the people that just listen and enjoy the podcast, but it's more for just like the community part of, it, you know, like meeting other people that do their podcasts and do their shows. And uh, same thing with like filmmakers and stuff, you know, like some of the, you know, indie filmmakers that just want to spread the name of, you know, their movie and stuff like just some uh, definitely some of the salt of the earth people for sure that you get to meet doing stuff like this. Definitely. And that's how we interviewed David Naughton, because uh, when we do a horror convention, mm-hmm. we'll go and we'll uh, we'll rent a booth because we like to sit there and, and spend all day there. So yeah. we'll, we'll be like vendors. And I set up this whole entire, our whole podcast set up our, our show set up with the cameras, the mics, everything. And uh, people will just come over and sit and interview with us, you know, and that's how we got David Naughton. Now oh, yeah. the way I got David Naughton, because that was right after we got back from London and uh, that convention was just a few months later. So I had to go in there early. Like, uh, you know, have you ever been to the horror conventions like those? Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've been to a few, and then I actually uh, rented a table for the first time a few uh, last year at Scares the Cares. But uh, I rented it and shared it with my buddies that do like a clothing company, and I mm-hmm. feel like I kind of like uh, by doing that, I feel like I overshadowed myself because like I offered the table to them. I was like, you guys should come, you know, because you got awesome stuff. And then at that point, 
you know, it was me sitting with them. And so like people were coming up and like, they look at my stuff for a second, but then they'd be like, it's almost like having uh, Cheerios right there. And then Fruity Pebbles right next to it, having some yeah. like expecting people to eat Cheerios. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you, man. We've shared, we've done some booth sharing, but that's usually with um, the, the girl who is the star of Hell Nurse. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's cool. That's all good. But uh, so, you know how those tables work. So yeah. what I had to do was I had to, I had to go into the convention like early first thing in the morning and you know how they have the little placards there. They, they print your name out of where your booths are, yeah. which table you're going to get. So I switched it. I switched ours over to where we were right next to David Naughton so that, you know, I could ask him when the, when the uh, opportunity struck. That was all I cared about. I just wanted to get him in our booth. Yeah. And um, we did it. But I got so many other ones, man. We got um, and then there was another convention that we did after that. So we've got interviews with um, uh, Sandy Johnson, who's actually going to be in my film, Barry the Hatchet. That's uh, oh, the yeah. girl, the lady who played Judith Myers in Halloween one. Yeah. Um, we got interviews with a bunch of people from Return of the Living Dead. And I can't even think of everybody off uh, uh, Tony uh, Moran, Michael Myers from Halloween one. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of interviews. So there's a lot coming out. I just I got to get, you know, I had to get Hell Nurse out. And then now I can open up my editing suite and finish these shows, you know, because yeah, it's a lot of work. I like I'm kind of a kind of psychotic when it comes to the production of things. I like to it's got to be perfect, you know, or at least to the best that I can get it at yeah. that time, you know. And that's kind of a, honestly kind of uh, maybe where COVID might have helped you a little bit, because a lot of these interviews that you have, these people don't have a ton of new shit to you know, talk about. So luckily there's nothing that they're like sitting on waiting for them to be like, why isn't he promoting my new shit? You know, they're all just talking about their old movies and stuff. So it's like, uh, that's one thing I like about doing horror is like, you can interview people that haven't done anything in 20 years. And it's still just as interesting because like, that's what people really care about is like, you know, and this yeah. stuff is like what they did in the eighties and stuff like that. So you can sit yeah. on interviews and not have to like right now I have, you know, uh, I'm sitting on an interview with Nicholas Vince, you know, the chatter or whatever for March. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's not like anything we talked about is going to drop between now and then. So it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, so. man. Yeah. You're right. You're definitely right about that. And uh, oh, also with the, with the true crime part. So you mentioned the Cassie Joe Stoddard episode. Yeah. So I also, during my trip, I went to a lot of the places where the next episode we're doing, where the crimes actually happen. So I'm stepping that one up too. like, you know, oh, yeah. in, the, in the Cassie Joe one, you know, we told the story and showed some photos, but for the next one, when Lauren's talking and when she's uh, describing things, you'll get to see the, currently what those spots look like now and yeah. get to visualize where the, these crimes happened. And that's a big, that's like my favorite thing to do in the whole world, even oh, yeah. more than making movies or mu music or any of that. I love going to locations where things happened and just kind of telling the story. That's my favorite thing to do. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Now me and my wife, uh, my birthday's coming up in March. So that's our plan is to go to Wilmington and try to check out a lot of the movies that, you know, like the filming spots from like uh, blue velvet and, uh, like just recently Halloween kills and scream five or film there and stuff. So we're going to talk about Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. I'm from Elizabeth city, North Carolina. So I'm only like uh, five or six hours from there. So uh -huh. or four, maybe four hours. So we're going to just try to shoot there for a weekend and check about a bunch of filming spots. So, well, I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a tease, another teaser. I spent five days in Wilmington when I was on this trip that I was talking about. Hell yeah. None of the, yeah. So, you know, you know, all kinds of films that were movies that were filmed there and you know, the, the style, the the era of films I like to cover. So I'm sure you can guess which ones are yeah. going to be the next 85 Grave episodes as far as the horror movies, you know? Hell yeah. That's awesome. That was that was awesome, man. I love yeah. it out there. Nah, this uh being so close to it, I've always wanted to go check it out. And now that they just, you know, wrapped up two big recent films, you know, with Halloween Kills and Scream 5, I'm like, it's definitely worth going to check out, especially with all the fresh stuff that's still there from those films before they get, you know, altered too much from what they were in the film. Yeah. What'd you think about Halloween Kills? I actually really enjoyed it. I saw that it got a lot of hate, but I thought it was just, I mean, if, if, 
to me, it's uh, like if I weren't expecting Halloween ends, I might be like, wow, what the fuck? But because I already am expecting like that was it felt perfect for like the middle of a trilogy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I loved it, man. I thought it was awesome. I, I didn't understand what people were mad about. I yeah. do get it. You know how they kind of they kind of like Friday the 13th part 10 and like make him made him all this crazy, you know, able to do all this karate <laughs> shit or whatever he was doing with, you know, 10 people. Yeah. That's a little too much. But my favorite part was in the beginning when they kind of. You know, they because obviously they skipped over the the real Halloween two and three. Yeah. And this was like the Halloween. This was like Halloween three. Yeah. But it, but it showed how, you know, it showed what happened that first night he got uh, that night he got caught. And um, it just I love the way they recreated it and kind of extended on the story more. It just seeing it in the theater was a big deal, too, because then I came home and uh, downloaded it and watched it at home. And it wasn't as impactful. So I hope anybody who hates it, I hope they, you know, at least give it a chance to see it in the theater because I think it was awesome. Yeah, no, same here. I'm a system manager at a theater. So that was one thing is I've, when movies drop, uh, the keys will become available, which, you know, the key is pretty much just what lets us available, like let us watch it. And mm -hmm. um, it, they usually drop at midnight. But then, of course, you know, we'll show them like that Thursday at like, you know, seven or eight or whatever. And uh, yes. so we were lucky enough that I've started Halloween uh, 2018 at like 10. And then when that ended up at uh, midnight, we all watched Halloween Kills. So it was like a perfect double feature. So that's like one thing I really enjoyed about it that I don't feel like it gets enough credit for. Because mm -hmm. when you watch it back to back, it flows so perfectly. And then on top of that, one thing is I feel like a lot of people that complained about them showing that stuff in the because, you know, like some people also complain that they went back and they shouldn't have revisited 1978 you know, movie and all this shit. And I'm like, but those same people were the ones that were complaining in Halloween 2018 that he was just in an insane asylum with no explanation. So it's like you can't yeah. ever please people sometimes. So Yeah, you know, people, you know, if, if you go into these things with the mindset of trying to pick it apart, then, of course, it's a movie. It's not real. Yeah. You're going to yeah. find shit and you're going to, you know, accomplish your goal of trying to spread the misery, I guess. But if you got that that mindset where you can transport yourself and you can, you know, put yourself in those positions and put yourself in those situations mentally yeah. then I think it's a great movie, man. I love that. I thought Michael Anthony Hall or Anthony Michael Hall. What's his name? I think you know it's, I'm uh, talking about. I think it's Anthony Science. Michael Hall. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. I thought he was great, man. I thought he was great. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we met him at a convention and he's crazy, man. He's still crazy. He's still, you know, I know everybody knows the stories of him, you know, getting in fights with people and stuff. And yeah. we saw him, we saw him freak out a little bit. It was pretty funny, you know, but, uh, but he was a cool dude. He was a cool guy and he did a great job in Halloween kills. Yeah. You know? So oh, yeah. yeah. I think, it, again, it all comes down to the mindset people go into these movies with. Yeah. You know, if they're just looking to, you know, find negative shit, they'll find it. And yeah, um, yeah. another thing that uh, once I get um, Hell Nurse, like, to where I'm going to distribute it or, or have it distributed, I'll make sure – or actually, I'm going to probably do, like, a private screening of it, mm -hmm. um, like, online here in the next, like, few weeks, maybe a little later. I'll drop you in on it. Oh, and yeah. um, I want – I think one thing that people are going to see when they start seeing my movies is um, – I do a lot of uh, Easter eggs, a oh, lot. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. And and uh, anybody who likes Halloween one, if they look closely, they're gonna see. There's a there's one that's kind of obvious, but there's a lot of stuff that probably nobody will ever figure out. Yeah. But yeah. just keep in mind that there's almost unlimited Easter eggs in the whole movie, and the next one will be the same way. Hell yeah! No, I'm definitely stoked to check that out for sure. I appreciate it for sure. Hell yeah! No, and I'm with you. I know exactly what you mean about you know people going to Halloween and try to break it down like a Darren Aronofsky movie. It's like it's fucking Halloween. Like, just watch it. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah. But um, well, we can uh, dive into some of the like uh you know just general horror questions. Pretty much I have for you. Uh, usually I ask my guests, you know, uh, what was your relationship with horror movies growing up, and you know, did it change at all as you got older? Well, okay, it started with um my older brother. He's uh he's three years older than me. He he passed away um 
not long back, but um, he uh, he got me into the fir- very first horror movie I saw was called Phantasm. I was a little kid, but fuck yeah, um, and that's a um, it just scared the hell out of me. What's yeah, that? I was like, I got the ball right there. It's hard to see because of the glare, but the spear. I'm looking for it. Oh yeah, okay. Let's see if you can see mine. Here's mine. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's and awesome. Then, and then uh, in Hell Nurse, there's some very obvious Phantasm Easter eggs. Hell yeah, that's awesome. But then there's some that are not that obvious. But uh, that's how it started, and I just was obsessed with it, man. Since I was a little little kid, with all the the especially the '70s horror film, and that's another thing about Hell Nurse. Hell Nurse is a it's a '70s film. I yeah. shoot it. I shot it to look like it was filmed in the '70s. You know, with with the Panavision and everything. It's it's meant to look that way with my budget, of course. Yeah, fuck um, yeah. So. I love doing those like type of air. Now the, the next one, this Barry the Hatchet film takes place in 85 and it's going to look like it was shot in 85 and you won't see any newer cars, none of that kind of stuff in the movie. Yeah. But um, it's a, uh, that's how it started. And then when the eighties horror came around, you know, I was still a kid, man. And it was just like, that did it for me. That, that <laughs> like solidified it, you know, that it was going to be a lifelong obsession for me at that moment. You know, as soon as uh, movies like uh, return of the living dead and, the stuff Hell yeah. um, i could go on and on but that's where it started and it's just never died out Hell yeah no return of the living dead is one of my all-time favorites as well it's just one of those like purely fun movies plus it's one of the mm-hmm. most punk movies that there is period so it but. is man and uh you know speaking of punk movies like you know have you ever seen repo man it's not a horror film no it's on my watch list though you're talking about with emilio estevez yeah yeah it's on my watch list but i've never seen it uh is that one of your favorites that's probably my favorite movie of all times, which would Fuck probably yeah. surprise people because it's not a horror film. But I just love that movie, man. It's just it's just got this ironic humor to it that I just I just feel it, you know. Yeah, it's just fucking funny. I love it. But um, but yeah, man, Return of the Living Dead. That was the coolest part was getting to meet those people and like Beverly Randolph, you know who you know uh, she played uh, Tina. Yeah, she played the guys. Did you ever think that um, Freddie looked like Freddie Madball? To me, he looks just like him in the movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So, uh, you know, and his name's Freddie. It's funny. But his girlfriend in the movie, Beverly uh, Randolph, she's like super cool. I got to meet her. Yeah. And um, and she's actually playing a part in my next film as well. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, that's like to be able to have people from movies that meant that much to me is like just such a huge, huge deal to have them in my movies. Yeah. But um, who else? I've met the uh, I don't know why I can't think of her name. The the, the, the main girl in the movie. Oh, uh, on the tombstone. Linnea Quigley. Yeah, God, I don't know why, man. I'm getting old, but uh, <laughs> we did a really cool interview with her. She's super cool, you know. Yeah, it's just like you know, to other people, like they would think, like, oh, they get to go meet Metallica or something. But to me, like meeting these people, yeah, that just like blows my wig off, man. Like I'm freaked out about that, you know. No, she's done so much, uh, fucking like just gems from the '80s. You know, she's a night like you know what you just mentioned, Return of the Living Dead. You know, Night of the Demons. I mean, even movies like uh, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bowl yeah. are fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, she, and then she was in what? Uh, didn't she play one of the souls in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five? I think or something. She was a soul, and when they're coming out of his body, I know she played the one soul that shows their tits, of course. But yeah, of course. <laughs> but hell yeah, no, she seems awesome. Uh, I'm actually going to a convention on the 20th of uh, you know uh, Mad Monster here in North Carolina. So oh, nice. Is that yeah. where you are? You're in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm like an hour south of Virginia Beach, like right on the uh, border of North Carolina, pretty much. Oh wow, that's awesome, man. That's great. Hell yeah, you're lucky, but, man. You're right there. Yeah, now that's why uh, I, we were planning on going up to Baltimore a few weeks ago, but then it snowed real bad, but we were going to hit the uh, Exorcist steps up in D.C. on the way up there. But uh, nice. so now we're, we'll just uh, we're definitely going up to Philly in uh, May for a, 
show. I think it's we're going to see Turnstile up in uh, Philly and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, when we go up for that, we're gonna uh, probably stop at the Exorcist stairs. These are on the way up or down. So man, um, in uh, early 2016, I went out to um, we were recording. It was First Blood. We were recording in um the which album? The Rules album. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, as we started the recording was starting in January of 2016. Yeah. And I flew out there and I flew into intentionally. Fl- I can't remember where I flew into, but I did it so that I would have to drive through DC so that I could go to the, the exorcist stairs. And when I got there, it was like two in the morning and um, you know, it was, it was snowing a little bit and it was just, the streets were dead in the house. And that's a movie that really fucked my head up, man. When I was a kid, I was really scared of that when I was a kid. Yeah. And even as an adult, when I was there to see those stairs and, and to be by that house, you know, it was it was a it was a little tough for me. I was just that residual fear from being a kid, man. It was really scary. Yeah. You know? so also, the gonna, priest comes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, man. That was that was a that, that was probably the, one of the, the places I've been to as far as horror film locations that actually genuinely had me scared. Oh yeah, no, I definitely feel you there for sure, especially with uh, like that being the you know the final destiny of the film as well, you know. So it's kind of like I don't know, it gives like an extra vibe off, but absolutely. Another one was um, the gates they used that was supposed to be the entrance of Smith Grove for Michael Myers and in, in original Halloween when they pull up and they see the gates and all the people were roaming around, all the mental patients. Yeah, and he and like he hops on top of yeah, yeah. So that's in L.A. Most of those, almost I think all of those locations are in L.A. I went to that one as well, and it was like you had to go through these you know, these Canyon roads to the spot. And, you know, it, it wouldn't be scary if it, if you didn't associate it to that. And that scared yeah. me. And I was just like last year that I did that. And I was, I was a little scared to get out of the car. You know, it was, no. it was uh, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to re- bring back that fear. Cause when you're a kid, you're scared of everything, but when you're an adult, it's hard to be scared of stuff, but that yeah. does it for me. That scares me. Oh yeah. No, it would be awesome. And I know what you mean. It's kind of like, you start to have those thoughts of like, what if there is people out there that aren't yeah. supposed to be out there and shit, but- yeah, like, man, it's yeah, it's it just, you know, something you've seen so many times and have it burn in your head that, you know, this is where all the mental patients and Michael Myers are floating around here. And yeah. it's just, yeah, it's it's difficult. You know, if nobody's around, there was nobody around. And, yeah. was, you know, again, really late at night, two in the morning, probably. That's when I do all this stuff because I don't want traffic and cars and people around. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. So uh, my next question is uh, pretty much, you know, you answered it with, uh, well, kind of answered it, you know, by saying a few of your favorites of all time, but you have one that sticks out uh, as like a true favorite of all time, uh, you know, horror movie, because I know you said Repo Man's your favorite movie of all time. And then, uh, you know, with, again, with horror being so broad, is there any, you know, you don't have to say just a favorite. If you have a few that kind of sit at the top, you're more than welcome to rattle off, you know, a couple of them. Yeah, it's really tough, man, because, and it, and it changes, but I'll give you, I'll give you the the top like four. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Return of the Living Dead, which of course, um, I don't know if you know this, but even our show is named after that, the 85 Grave. So where that yeah. comes from is, you know, the the band 45 Grave did the soundtrack that Do You Want a Party song. Yeah, party time. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movie was made in 1985. And and to me, 1985 is when all the best horror films came out of the 80s, you know, oh, yeah. which to me are the best of, of every point of any time. Yeah. So 85 Grave is a it's a it's a nod to to Return of the Living Dead. It's basically a, the namesake of our show. So that's oh, yeah. definitely one. Um, a big, big one is Fright Night. I love Fright Night. That's a fucking awesome movie. Yeah. Um, the, the obvious ones, you know, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. Those are obvious ones. Yeah. Um, another one, though, is called um, Phantasm, of course. So that's oh. already five. But let me give you another one. It's called um, Just Before Dawn. Have you seen that? Yes, I actually just watched that not so long ago. Is that the, uh, That's the one with the, um, it's the family that lives in the woods, pretty much. Yeah, the, the yeah. twins. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just watched yeah. that for the first time uh, when it got, it got put on Shutter like very recently, and I so I watched it. But oh wow, is it on there? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll give you I'll, I'll give the, you another um, another spoiler for Bury the Hatchet. I went out to where that was, where the the waterfall and all that stuff. Hell you'll yeah. see all you'll see all that stuff and bury the hatchet. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fucking, that movie ruled. I'll be honest, I won't know if I recognize it because the whole time I was checking out the main girl's booty meats because they're just hanging out the entire uh, movie. Fucking, right? No, that was like the one thing that stuck out to me. And just before dawn is like she wears half shorts and it's like they make a point to follow her butt the whole movie. I'm like, yeah, that's not, funny, man. Yeah, definitely. Not um, hating on it. It's definitely got some actors in it too. I just can't remember who, but it's got a few people that like are still recognizable today. I just can't recall who, but I think the crazy guy. And then uh, the, the sheriff, the, uh, the sheriff was the guy that, um, yeah, I don't know why I can't think of his name, but uh, he played the store clerk in Creepshow 2 with the um, yep. wooden head. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's uh, where I recognize him because uh, George Kennedy, that's his name. George Kennedy, right. Yeah. Yes. And then Greg Henry was, uh, I think, the cop. Uh, I can't even think of who that was. Oh, no, he was the young guy that was hanging out with her. He went on to be in that movie Slither that uh, James Gunn did. And then he did also like uh, Raising Cain with... Um, John Lithgow and shit like that. He's one of those okay. guys that when you see his face, you, I think he played the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was the dad. And um, no, because that's the guy that does the voice of Patrick. I don't know. It, it was some one of those guys that like when you see him, you're like, oh, I've seen him in a bunch of shit, but then you can't ever figure out what that shit is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a thing Lauren and I do, man. It's when, when we're watching movies, we're more busy trying to figure out what other movies we've seen people in. Yeah. You know, we do that a lot. It's just kind of our little home game that we do. But yeah, man, that and I like those movies like that where like the main characters like you haven't really seen them in other stuff, you know, yeah. um, may, or maybe people have. I just didn't because I was very you know young when I saw it the first time. But um, I love that movie, man. That was that was a, definitely a great one. Um, oh, yeah. And then, of course, a couple of other movies that really tore my head up, man, was one called um, Suspiria. Hell yeah. OK, but, you know, it's weird because I watched that when I was a kid and then I see it now and I don't understand why I was scared at all. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, well, I don't even understand it. But when I was a kid, I understood it. Um, those 70s films, man, there's one called Dominique, Rabid. Hell those yeah. are all movies that like kind of influenced my style and stuff. So, but yeah. my, my favorites are probably those ones I mentioned. The Fog, that's another one. I, I mean, like I say, it, it, that changes a lot, man. I could just start reeling names off, but yeah, I'd, ha I'd have to stick with Return of the Living Dead and Fright Night. I, I got I to gotta just bite the bullet and say those are two of my favorite movies horror movies hell yeah no i know exactly what you mean that's my problem is when somebody's like what's your favorite i have like a top three or four that i can like seriously give and then yeah. after that it's like i could just keep naming you know what i mean because there's yeah. some that i watch like i was just thinking the other day of how much i watched uh that movie ginger snaps like i've already watched that movie like once every two months and i'm like i guess you can consider it a favorite at this point because how much you fucking watch the thing so yeah but then like uh you know but like when it comes to like my top five like of course i go with scream as my favorite but then i got nightmare on elm street and hereditary but then uh i usually round it off with texas chainsaw part two and reanimator mm -hmm. and then after that that's when i start rattling because <laughs> it's like <laughs> but uh now i'm with texas you I, chainsaw too man oh that was such a great movie you know yeah just it that was one of those that just had the perfect tone shift at the right time you know like you had the grittiness of the 70s in that one you know the first one and then when this one came out in the mid 80s it fell perfectly with like the humor of evil dead 2 and mm -hmm. you know shit like that so and you know return to the living dead and stuff but I got some friends out in Texas that do a show called Guts, Hell yeah. under the skin, and uh, they. Uh, her name is Caroline Williams, right? Yeah, Stretch. Yeah, Stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, they've interviewed her, and when I was out on that trip, I wanted to go and film all those spots, like the the bridge and all that. But I just I, by that time I had to get back because we had downset business to take care of, and I had yeah. already been on the road for three weeks. Just you know, I would stay out for a month, or two months if 
you know, if there was nothing making me come back home. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, the Texas Chainsaw movies, fucking amazing, man. Part yeah. two, you said. Well, what else you got? Uh, I'm also uh, a big fan of, um, I like Killer Clowns. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I like, uh, I really like, I'm a big fan of the Phantasm movies myself. I like the sequels a lot just because I feel like when the first one ends, it kind of leaves it like so up in the air. But as it goes on, it really like uh, completes it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, definitely. Uh, I'm a big fan of Halloween three, the one with, you know, without Michael Myers, just because it's yeah, such yeah. fucking wild and goofy and shit. But I love everything. Like I like Pumpkinhead. Uh, as far as newer movies go, I like Mandy uh, is really good. Of course, I said Hereditary, you know, um, yeah. Killing of a Sacred Deer. I like a lot of the real psychological shit, too. That's the one thing I like about horror is like you can get real deep with it and psychological and you can watch something like The Shining or, you know, a newer film like uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Or you can go and just watch something batshit crazy like reanimator or you know hobo with a shotgun yeah. it's like who gives a fuck i'm glad you like scream man i'm glad that you you mentioned that i could see him on your wall too yeah um i think oh and you're wearing a hat yeah did you like like the new one i haven't seen it so don't tell, don't ruin it for me but have you seen the new one yeah i actually uh really enjoyed it myself i feel like it yeah. it uh does the same thing that four did pretty well it's like it had enough time and there's enough to commentate on and like what's going on with the fandom of horror today that it, it fell at the perfect time for sure cool I love that first one, man. I just, I think it was so well done. I remember when it came out, everybody hated, you know, there's a, again, there's always haters, you know? Yeah. But I thought, I thought it was a genius movie, man. I love it. I really love it. Hell um, yeah. yeah, dude. So yeah, you got a nice, uh, a nice top list of, of films, man. Very respectable. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Nah. Yeah, of I, course, man. No, nah, I definitely enjoy, uh, you know, Tony Ayers. Like I'm a big fan of Cronenberg's uh, uh, films. Like, uh, you know, I love Rabbit. My favorite Cronenberg films probably... Uh, probably Videodrome, but I do really like Rabbit a lot just because it's uh, like it's just weird. Like it's it's one of those that when you watch it for the first time and you don't know where it's going, it's like, what the fuck? And then once it starts happening, mm-hmm. you're just like, is she sucking him out of her armpit? You're like, I'm <laughs> you know what, man? I've never seen Videodrome. The only thing I the first time I ever heard that name was uh, a friend of mine from when I was a kid. He's the singer of a the, his band was called Videodrome uh-huh, and yeah. um, they were out on they did some big tours and stuff. Yeah. And um, I didn't know that that was a movie. And I'm pretty sure that's where they got the name from. I got to check that out. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I definitely recommend that one. It's uh, honestly the only reason I saw it is because uh, I had to, I was on a Patreon for a little bit. And then I decided uh-huh. not to just because I was doing it with like a bonus episode per month. And it just got to be too much for my schedule. So oh, okay. um, but my bonus episode, like I let a past guest come on and pick a movie and we chat about it and shit. And one of yeah. my past guests picked video drone. So I had to watch it for the first time. And I like, I just, I don't know. I just fell in love with it. But I mean, of course, right. I still like, you know, the brood is awesome. Fucking really anything Cronenberg's, you know, done is great. But um, he's like the king of body horror. I even like what his, you know, his son's movie, uh, Possessor, was really good too. Nice. Oh, yeah. But um, you mentioned a, uh, a ton of, you know, favorites. Uh, a lot of them are older films. Have you seen anything in the past, you know, couple of years or so? And by that, I mean, you know, 10 to 15 years that uh, has really stuck out to you as, you know, maybe a newer favorite? Man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to struggle to remember the name of it. Oh, fuck. And I forgot to tell you about Children of the Corn. That's definitely one of my favorites. Oh, fuck uh, yeah. Wasn't that from the North Carolina? Or uh, No, that's out in Iowa. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I've been out there to where it was filmed, man. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a movie, I think it's called... I, okay, I know this. The director made another movie called Midsummer. I think it's called Hereditary. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the film I said was uh it was actually my number three. I was like, even though it's newer, dude, it's still my number three. That yeah. was that was awesome, man. That was an amazing movie, man. I, I that that was awesome. So uh, as far as newer movies, that was definitely up at the. It's probably the scariest newer movie I've seen. Yeah, um, oh, I just yeah. thought it was great, man. I like uh, I like the the two Halloweens that have come out. Oh, yeah. um, I like those. I'm trying to think of what else. 
you know, I'm still finding movies from the 70s and 80s that I never seen. Yeah, same. So that's pretty cool, man. There's one, uh, we tried to watch it on New Year's Eve. It's called, um, I can't remember, but it was, uh, I only had like half the movie. So I got to get it again. But, and it was filmed in the 80s. I, I find new, new 80s films all the time. But as far as newer ones, man, um, I'm, I'm interested about the screen. Oh, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Yeah. Sleep was great. I love that. But oh, yeah. of course, I'm going to love that because they recreated the Overlook, you know, yeah. at the end. And, you know, that, it, but it was great anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, so, man, I know there's something I'm missing because it's usually movies, man. A lot of people will hate it. And if enough people hate it, I'll be like, okay, I got to check this out because every time somebody hates something, I, it, it ends up being good to me. You yeah. Know? So maybe you can give me some uh, stuff to look for. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely, uh, a few that I would recommend checking out is, uh, have you seen Censor yet? No. Uh, that's one that's pretty wild. It's pretty much about a woman who, when she was young, she had an incident with her sister where her sister went missing. And then her, like, she like pretty much lost all memory of what happened. And uh-huh. um, so now she's like an adult and she, she's like an actual film censor. Like she watches uh, it's like takes place in the seventies and she watches horror films and she pretty much like edits them and takes out like, you know, like if there's too much blood in the scene and shit like that, like that's her yeah. job. And um, okay. so she works as that. And so like, as she starts to like watch those films, it starts to like kind of bring up old memories and stuff like that without giving too much away. You know what I mean? So it starts yeah. to really blend like reality with, you know, like what she's watching and it's really good. But uh, I recommend that. And then I recommend, um, have you seen May the Devil Take You yet? No. That's a, um, it's a Korean ode to, I think it's Korean. It might be Indonesian. I think it's Korean actually. Yeah. It's a Korean ode to uh, the evil dead, but it takes place. It's like a newer film and it's got like the grit and gore of like the evil dead remake. So it's nice. like uh, very grimy and very like, it looks very good and it's like very practical, but, uh, and it's, you could tell the odes to the evil dead, but mm-hmm. it also feels like an original story, you know, like, like it ha- they have to go out to a cabin and somebody gets like kind of possessed and shit, but it's like yeah. in such a way that it doesn't feel like, the, it feels about as much of like uh, the Evil Dead as the remake does. You know what I mean? Where it feels okay, very yeah. like much like it, but it doesn't feel like it's a complete remake type thing. Hey, you know, speaking of that, I mean, that's cool. I got to check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, but that reminds me of another movie that's new. To me, it's new. It's probably like 10 years old by now, but Drag Me to Hell, man. That was Hell fucking yeah. great, man. I love that movie. And then uh, I don't know if they're considered horror films, but the M. Night Shyamalan movies. Fuck yeah. Um, I love his movies, man. I haven't, there was a one called devil. I thought that was awesome, man. That was fucking great. I don't yeah. know how old that is, but to me that I consider that newish, you know? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of uh, that movie and the main guy in it, uh, Logan Marshall green. He's become one of my favorite actors. You know, he was an yeah. upgrade that Lee Winnell did. And he was also in um, the invitation. I don't know if you haven't seen the invitation. I highly recommend that. It's definitely more the of invitation. a thriller, but it's, it's on shutter as well. So I'll have you, uh, I'll have you shoot me a list. Cause I'm going to forget them by the time we're done with this. <laughs> Shoot, like text me a uh, just like you know whatever movies you think I need to check out because we'll check them out. I got my mom right. visiting in town right now from California, so she's uh just downstairs chilling. And you know when uh, Lauren and I are done with doing our stuff during the days, you know we, we go down there and we hang out with her and just watch movies right now. Hell so yeah. I kind of I kind of get to just have an excuse to just watch movies a lot this whole month, you know? Yeah. No hell yeah, I'll shoot you a list of like four or five, and I'll try to like give you an I'll try to give them to you in order of like how much i recommend them you know what i mean awesome yeah appreciate it man oh yeah but uh at the end of the show i'd like to ask you know at least a couple hypothetical questions and then i like to ask uh one question you know to all my guests at the end that's the same pretty much uh for you i kind of came up with a few different hypothetical questions because a lot of times i like to mix the music and movies but you know with you having your show 85 grave i figured i'd kind of throw out a couple hypothetical questions that lend into that a little bit more well one of them will be towards that and one of them will be more towards your filmmaking and stuff like that 
So my first one is, is if you could have anybody as a guest that's alive, we'll just to narrow it down a little bit. Uh, if you can have anybody as a guest on 85 Grave Show that's alive, uh, who would you choose as a guest and why would you choose them? Shit, man, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of who I haven't already gotten. Let me look at my, look at me here. We're going to look at my VHS collection. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Oh, fuck yeah. You got, oh, yeah. I forgot that you had him set up front face. And I saw that on the set of uh, the 85 Grave, one of the 85 Graves that you did. Yeah. Carpenter would be a big one. I mean, Carpenter would be an obvious one, definitely. I mean, if I could have a guest, it would honestly, it would probably be, it would have to be uh, somebody that was involved in one of the true crime episodes. Fuck like, yeah. Like uh, the I-5 killer or something, even though he's a piece of shit and I wouldn't want to be nice to him, I would want to get into his brain as much as possible, you know, yeah. or, um, you know, one of those dickheads that killed Cassie. If I could, if I could have that, I would have to take that over the entertainment stuff. But if I could have a horror film person, I'm, I'm thinking Keith Gordon because he was in uh, Christine, which is another one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. He was in Jaws. He was in, you know, he's been in even a lot of funny movies that I like. Yeah. And, uh, or, or even Richard, Richard Dreyfus. I wanted to go to a, a um, convention with him that he was at. And um, every time we would, you know, he would pull off or we would pull off. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like three different times we were going to be there when he was going to be there and never happened. And same thing, you know, he's in horror films and funny films that we like. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but I'm going to go with Keith Gordon. Fuck you. Yeah. Now, I know what you mean about uh, I've even tried to reach out, you know, even though I don't do true crime and shit like that, I tried to reach out to the guy from the Tennessee three, you know, that's, you know, been out for years and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're called, right? The tennis is it the Tennessee three, the three guys that were blamed for or is it the Memphis, yeah, the, the Memphis three Memphis three. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, I've tried to reach out to him just to see, you know, what kind of shit he was into if he's in horror movies and stuff. But Damien guy. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure he would be a great interview, but, um, but no, I know exactly what you mean. Like Stephen King to me would probably be the most obvious answer just because of, uh, he doesn't do that many interviews where he just chats about shit. You know, he kind of like yeah. usually like 10 minutes and it's real specific, but, um, I also on the lower note, uh, I think Tommy Lee Wallace would be one that I don't see a lot, do a lot of interviews, but you know, he directed yeah. Halloween three, the it miniseries, you know, some, yeah. some of the good shit, but, and then he worked on Halloween and stuff with the uh, carpenter. So, but I'm, I'm with you as horror fans. It's like, you and me, if we asked somebody that didn't uh, like really care, like really not care, obviously, but didn't really like know horror, like they would definitely shoot out the answers like Carpenter, you know, like right off the top of the head. But there's always that one person that it's like you're a fan of them because of like these two movies or like these three movies. And it's like specifically like just pulls at the right strings or whatever for you. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. Absolutely. And I, I, I would be intimidated to interview Stephen King yeah. um, or John Carpenter, you know, because. I would be thinking, what am I going to ask these guys that never been asked? I felt that way about uh, about David Naughton. I don't know if you if you watch the interview, you'll see. You know, I did a lot of research on him, and I knew his whole fucking life story. You know, and he was even surprised. He was like, "Damn, how do you know about that?" But um, that's because I I I don't like doing the same stuff that other people do. You know. Yeah. Um, And then back to uh, Keith Gordon. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, scratch Keith Gordon. I'm gonna make that Emilio Estevez because uh, yeah. <laughs> not just because of Repo Man, but Emilio Estevez was also in another one of my all time that I really should have had in the top five. It's called Nightmares. Oh, yeah. It came out in '83, uh, and uh, Emilio Estevez was in that. He played this little like punk rock kid. You know, oh, um, yeah. I would have to go with him, and and I would end up just asking him a bunch of Repo Man stuff probably. <laughs> Like how mm-hmm. much cocaine did Stephen King do on Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> um, I heard about that. I uh, I can't remember who was you know where that was filmed and you know where I just came from. So yeah, um, I can't remember who was telling me about that. I think well I'll just say it, man, because I I posted it. I got to go see the uh the real 
head that was on the diesel, the green, yeah. the, you know, the green, uh, what was that thing? The Joker or something? Green Goblin. The Green Goblin. Yeah. So I got to go see that, the real one from the movie. The guy, uh, it, it blew up and then, uh, you know, they blew it up at the end of the film. Yeah. And he restored it, but it's still, but it's the real piece. He has all the pictures of it. And uh, he even gave me some, uh, he calls it Goblin Dust. Hell it's, yeah. uh, you know, when they have to sand on it and there's a little, you know, left the dust, he, he jarred it up. Um, I got to see that. And then I got to go to um, Missouri and see the replica truck. Have you seen that? No, um, I think I saw, I've seen like pictures. I think I did. Did you post pictures of it? Cause I feel like I saw it recently. I did. I yeah. did yeah. Yeah. I definitely uh, saw the pictures, but uh, I haven't actually seen it in person. You know what I mean? Or nothing, but. So I got to go see that and I got to uh, meet these dudes, Pat Miller and uh, Hell yeah. Gary Bell. You know, they were uh, some of the actors in, um, in Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. So out of all these people, I can't remember who it was that was telling me that Stephen King was all coked out, you know, <laughs> in Maximum Overdrive. But that was an f- amazing movie, too, man. ACDC yeah. and stuff. Hell yeah. Probably yeah. like, I don't, I don't remember craft services having powdered donuts. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's funny, man. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, man, what else? What else, what else was there? Was uh, you asking? What was the other question? Oh, that was uh, that was pretty much into the uh, that question, but you okay. know, I'm, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you though. I, like Emilio Estevez, he would be somebody that I would adore to interview too, even though he's like not much. You know, he's done a few horror things, but you know, he's definitely not prom. You know, it's not like his prominent like known shit. But I'm gonna to scratch him. him. I'm gonna scratch him and go back to Keith Gordon because I I have a real suspicion he'd be a dickhead. You know, I don't have any reason to know this. Yeah, I just I just think he would be. You know. No, I know what you mean. The only uh, bad experience I've ever had was with somebody from the Brat Pack. So I don't understand, like, expecting it at all. Oh, really? Who was it? Judd Nelson? No. Uh, well, I guess I don't know if you technically say he's in the Brat Pack, but uh, John Cusack was uh, like, he's in it. Yeah, he was like five hours fucking late after, like, he was mm-hmm. the whole, he was the whole reason I went. And his, like, we were in line when the people were supposed to come out. Yeah. And, like, Ron Perlman came out, George Sakai came out. And then he was the only person who had an agent out there. She upped the prices on the shit from what was like printed up there. And then she was sitting there like hawking on people for being on their phones. And it's like, dude, he's not out yet. Like once he's out, we'll put our phones away. But like, I'm not going to sit here bored mm-hmm. as fuck for five. You know what I mean? I ended up getting out of line. I didn't even get him to sign my thing. Cause I mean, uh, high fidelity, like non-horror movies, high fidelity is number two for me. So I, I like absolutely love that movie. So that he's was in really, that? yeah, he's the, he's the star of high fidelity, but, uh, okay. Yeah. That's the I reason gotta I check that out. That's the reason I went, but, um, it just uh, it kind of fell apart. So I ended up, but I, it was a good time because what's funny is that con is where I did my first ever interview. I did it in person with uh, Jason Muse for another interview uh, for another podcast. It was still horror, but yeah, um, yeah. I didn't get it. You know, and we didn't talk much because he didn't do much horror. But you know, we just talked like his. There came on Scream Three, and then uh, you know he was in Feast and shit like that. So, but and then he talked about Blood Beach. But it was uh, so that was cool. You know, it still turned into my first ever interview. I got to meet. Uh, Ken Page, who did the voice of Oogie Boogie. Chris Sarandon was there. So, like, it was a great fucking... Chris Sarandon? Uh, yeah, it was a great con, but it was wow. just, uh... like That's, um, that's the, the, um, the vampire, right? From Fright yeah. Night. Yep. Yeah, Fright, okay, yeah. Fright Night, and then he did that's... the voice of Jack as well, like, when, uh, Jack Skellington's, like, just talking and shit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Dude, the, uh, the, uh, John Cusack story, and I'm with you, man, like, uh, funny movies, like, Better Off Dead, and... Yeah. Uh, and then horror movies 14 away that's one of my favorite movies the door to our podcast room our our grave cave where i'm sitting right now mm-hmm. when you see on the show the door of that is green with the 1408 on it fuck you yeah. like so when you come up my stairs at my house you'll you'll see that at the top of the stairs the 1408 door and that yeah. goes into this room but um i heard a story from him too from lenae quigley when we interviewed her she told us that 
and and she said it on on an interview so i'm not like putting her out there yeah um but she she basically said he was a piece of shit man like he uh the the way he was treating the fans you know they said that she said that he shows up and he he's always late and then he just sits there with his glasses on and won't look at nobody and just wants to like get him out of there like he feels like he's too good for it or something yeah no, I saw yeah. some pictures after the fact, and I like of him being like that. Like he wears like sleeves that come like past it, which I mean anybody can wear whatever the fuck they want. You know, he can wear gloves yeah. for all I give a fuck. But <laughs> this is pre-COVID too. You know, like also so yeah. people don't think I'm saying like he was gloved up or something and it's COVID. Like this was way before COVID, and because yeah, uh, yeah. this is like 2018 or 2017. I think it's 20 might have been 2019, but just early 2019, like way before it was ever even a thought. But so uh, that was like, yeah, it was August 2019, I believe. Um, I don't know, like the videos I saw, he was pretty much like exactly that. Like his hat was down like this, you know, like it was almost like he was just signing the shit. And if you took a picture with him, it was like, he looked like he did not want to be there. I'm like, miserable, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it'd be one thing if you were out there just like, oh, give me 20 bucks, whatever. But you're out out there charging people like almost 200 bucks for a picture and an autograph and then to be like, treating them yeah, like shit and, it's like yeah and if somebody comes up to you when you're eating with your wife or some shit at, at the restaurant okay it looked like a dick but yeah if you're fucking booking this like you know what you're getting into and you know people were excited to see you man how could you be like that but that's yeah that's that's people man what can you do you know yeah and people I would, like I like deal with them i would i would fuck them off you yeah. know no saying that's I, exactly I what I, yeah i would and, i would tell them and see like but, uh the next convention I went to was, uh, well, not the very next convention. Well, yeah, actually, the very next convention I went to was like the following weekend, and it was Scares That Cares. And I literally went to do interviews because I interviewed Harry Manfredini. And, yeah. um, but I got to meet him and Kane Hodder. Both were like 20, 40 bucks maybe for an autograph and a, like a thing. They sat there and talked to you for 20, 30 minutes. If you like, yeah. they talk to you longer if you want to, but you know, like who wants to be a dick and hold up yeah. their line and shit. But, you know, just like salt of the earth people. Same thing with uh, I'm even met Nev Campbell like later on, you know, in February of 2020, right before everything shut down. And she was a little expensive, but she made it worth it. You know, it was super nice yeah. to talk to you. Like, it's just crazy how uh, people can be. And like you said, they book this shit. It's not like they just you called them outside of a Starbucks. <laughs> like, Yeah, man. You know, and it's weird because the people that you would expect to be cool are usually not. And then the people that you hear are real pieces of shit, like at least in my experience. OK, so I've heard a lot of bad things about Tony Moran. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Myers. And um, I was a little, you know, hesitant to meet him because I, I don't react well to that. You know, yeah. like I'll, I'll get in a fight with somebody if they if they're disrespectful. I, I, I just I try to not do that. But, yeah, you know, I sometimes I just I can't help it. And uh, especially if I'm with my woman and somebody's being an asshole, I'm going to probably react badly. So I was a little hesitant to meet any of these people. But he was the coolest motherfucker ever, man. Yeah. He actually uh, tattooed me and my friend Hefe. He tattooed us at his hotel room. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. After the convention, yeah, because he does that every now and then. He'll do like little freehand, and, it, and it's not good. He's not even trying to do good work. Yeah. He just tattooed a like a, a butcher knife with blood coming off it and his initials. I got that tattooed on the inside of my arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fucking cool. I got tattooed by Michael Myers. Oh, yeah. And I know what you mean, though. Like, there's videos of him saying wild shit, but it doesn't mean, like, that doesn't mean he's going to treat you like shit, but it means that there's a big chance he might. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, I can understand exactly what you mean. I think that uh, what people don't like is that they consider what he says as a disrespect to the Halloween franchise, which everybody adores, you know? Yeah. And um, he's just giving his his personal, you know, you know his, uh, he was in the movie. And so sometimes he'll talk about, you know, like like the casting, the, the you know, the, the roles he got offered afterwards and how he told them this and he didn't want to do that and this and that. But that was because, you know, he didn't want to do it. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean he was obligated to. And, you know, so he, he was he was he had a conflict with him. And I don't know if a lot of people 
you probably know, but his sister is um, uh, Aaron Moran, uh, Joni from uh, what is it? Happy Days. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he was in he was in or around this business his whole life. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people like you or I would be so grateful to have an extra part in any of these movies, you know, and then I think people take the, the negative things he says about the Halloween franchise as like he's an un- ungrateful and he's not ungrateful. Not not from what I've heard him say. And I spent a whole evening yeah. with him, you know, and he was super cool and super grateful and he loves fans and stuff. But huh. um, and then, like you say, like I would have thought John Cusack, I would have thought he would have been the coolest dude, man, because how can you be cool like that? And so in the movies and then you're a piece of shit in person. But that's the way it is. You know, yeah, the scary, mean people are always super nice. And then the, the people who are cool and funny, they're dickheads in person. It's so weird, you know? Yeah. So uh, my second hypothetical question for you and then, you know, my last one before my like final question that I asked all my guests is, uh, you know, being that you're a filmmaker, you know, a writer and director and stuff like that, you know, and much more, of course, you know, like we talked about how you, did all, you know, you do all the practical effects for a lot of your films, you know, other, a bunch of other stuff. But uh, if you could get your hands on uh, writing and directing a remake of any famous horror film, uh, which movie would you want to remake, you know, with like uh, your hands on it and everything? And if you could uh-huh. and if you could cast uh, the lead role of it, who would you cast in the lead role? And it could be anybody alive, of course, you know. Well, let's say, uh, f- first off, if I got offered to do Fright Night, because this is what it's going to be. If I got offered to do that right now, I would have to turn it down because I'm not experienced enough to do it justice. Yeah. So let's say, so we're, it's hypothetical. Let's say when I feel I'm ready to do something like that, which I will get to that point, yeah. um, then it would be Fright Night and the lead character. You know, I've never thought of it, man. Um, that's a tough one. That's a, That's a tough one. I can't think of anybody, you know, off, off the top of my head, because I, yeah. I don't know, uh, you know, what young actors are really out there. I'd have to really it wouldn't be anybody from the dirt. Um, <laughs> you know, those guys were really great. Don't get me wrong. But those are the only new young people. I knew young actors I know of. Yeah. Um, Everybody else, you might have to worry about growing out of it, you know, by the time you cast them and stuff, if you're waiting. A yeah, little exactly. Bit, so. Yeah. 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 So that that would be like my dream come true if I could remake Friday night i would take all the hate for it no problem you know to be able to redo that because i know exactly how i would how i would do it it would be very any film i ever get once i get to if i ever get to that point i would do those films justice no question about it i do those films justice in my movies so i would for sure doing it in their own movies you know okay um but you know i'm talking about like with the easter eggs and all that so yeah fright night maybe i'll think of somebody by the end of the, the next question hell yeah now, mine's, uh, I've always wanted to see somebody remake Phantasm, but mostly because I want to see Michael Shannon play the tall man before he gets like uh, too old to play it. Because I feel like his like ugly, mean ass face that he always plays he's a great actor, but I feel like he's just the per- perfect intimidation factor. And if anybody was to step in Angus Scrim's shoes, I feel like he's one mm-hmm. of the only people that could. But I feel like if they did Phantasm, it would have to be like an HBO series. That way they could just flush yeah. out the whole story and not try to shove like because, you know, they would want to shove like some kind of explanation into one movie just in case they didn't get a sequel nowadays. You know, that's how yeah. they do it or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, it's like that's not how Phantasm work. You don't find out anything to like four. So <laughs> like, you find out like information that starts to make sense, like in like two and three. But it's like you don't really find out what's going on going on until like three or four. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I broke onto the grounds of that of that mansion. Hell yeah. Um, Morningside, you know, in the middle of the night, it's up in Oakland and I got to roam around there. I almost broke into the house, but I wasn't going to do anything fucked up. I just wanted to, if yeah, the movie had, if, if any of it had been filmed in there, I would have gotten into it because there was yeah. windows open and stuff. But I was like, man, that's going a little too far and there's not even any film locations in there, yeah. you know, but um, 
but yeah, that would be great to see a remake of Phantasm. Oh yeah. Sure. Now, and it would bring in, that's one that um, like diehards know about it, but it's still a little bit on that spectrum of like that, that new audience would find it. You know what I mean? If it got brought, you know, to like a uh, same thing with like a film, like um, the Amityville horror, when that one got remade a few years ago, you know, diehards were like, this didn't need to be remade, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if you think about how many kids were like 13 that year that saw Amityville horror, uh, and that was their first, like, ever time seeing Amityville Horror, like, you know, it brought them into that and shit like that, so. Yeah, dude, that's another house we stalked. We went out to New York, and um, we retraced Butch's, um, his step, you know, like, because, you know, the house was there, and then that that uh, bar he was hanging out at before he killed yeah. them all, um, DeFeo, you know, Butch DeFeo, Ronald DeFeo, he would walk down to that bar, so we walked from that house down to the bar, and we went around the back to see the boathouse and all that stuff. It was that was creepy, man. That was creepy. We did that in the middle of the night as well. Lauren and I both. Hell yeah. No, that yeah. would be scary. That probably the one that would get my ass for sure. But it was, it was interesting, man. It was, it was for sure scary, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that, and then if, uh, I don't even know if it was filmed in a real graveyard, but if there's a real graveyard that thriller was filmed in, that would be what would scare the fucking shit out of me. Girl. <laughs> that would be a trip. Yeah. But uh, that would be a trip. I want to do a location video on that. Yeah. You know? Now Landis would be an icon, like an iconic get as a guest, but I don't know if I could not ask him about uh, killing those people. <laughs> but uh, so my final question for you is: uh, Do you have a horror story of your own, and it could be something you know from either you know something that went wrong as shit while filming the movie, something that you know went crazy while on, uh, on tour with any of the bands that you've been on tour with, or if you just have anything crazy as shit that's happened in your life? And if uh, if you're a believer in the paranormal, you're more than welcome to share something like that as well. I, I do. I have, um, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you three, but I'll 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 keep them short. One time, First Blood was up on tour. We were going up to Canada, mm. and um, we were driving, and it was just me and Carl, the singer. We were the only ones awake in the front of the van, and we were. It was just you know we were driving through upstate New York, heading up there, and um, it was raining really bad. And we both saw there, okay, there was this wall on the side of the freeway, yeah, like a you know like a I don't know why it's there, but um, way too tall for a person to jump over. But him and I, we were driving. It was the middle of the night, and he saw a – we both saw somebody running out in the street. So I was like, oh, I was like, hey, watch out. He's like, oh, I see him. I see him. So we were like, what the fuck? Why is somebody standing in the freeway? But then when we got up to close to where we saw this, there was nobody there. And it was like either somebody jumped like a 12-foot wall, like it was yeah. nothing, or we – you know, or there was a, some kind of ghost or some shit, man. It wasn't any animal that would, anything would have still been there on the side of the road. We, we got there a few seconds later, yeah. you know, up to where it was. And uh, we both saw it. So that was, you know, that was a little one. One time, uh, Marauder, we were in Mexico City. And uh, me and my cousin, uh, Phil, he played guitar with me in Marauder. And um, we, uh, we went into the, we checked into this really old hotel. And at the bottom, there was this, um, like you could buy like toothbrush and stuff like the lobby of the hotel. It was really weird because it was late, like one in the morning when we got this after our show. Yeah. We got there and it was just really weird. Like, why is this even open right now? Why is somebody back here? Like, you know, there's nobody around. And um, there was these big long stairs that it kind of swooped around to get up to the, to the floor where we were at, where we were staying. So we were downstairs and um, me and my cousin Phil, we, you know, joking around. So we went up the stairs and as I'm walking up the stairs, I'm talking to him. You know how when you're, when you're talking to somebody, you know, they're right next to you and you can hear their footsteps and all that. Yeah. But when I got to the top of the stairs, he was still down there talking to, uh, talking to the guy that was selling toothbrushes and shit down there in the lobby. And I'm telling you, man, I, there was somebody walking up with me. I, you know how you can see him out of the corner of your eye and everything, you know? Yeah. He was right there, right next to me, walking up the stairs, but it wasn't him and there was nobody there. That was, that was a trippy one. Oh. Um, but the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, 
I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know. I've been asked to do it on some, like some of these ghost shows, mm-hmm. but um, I'm waiting for like one that's like, that'll do a really good justice, you know? Yeah. But um, in 2018, I moved out to the Midwest, someplace I've always wanted to live. So um, I put my house up for sale and I, I ended up not, I ended up not selling. I'm still in Vegas. I kept my house, yeah. but um, I moved out to this house. I, I got a job at the post office and everything, man. I was like living out there in the Midwest and I moved into this house that I was buying. I was in contract to buy it and they let me rent it while we were in escrow, you know? Yeah. So um, I was living in this house by myself, man. And there was all this like paranormal activity happening in there. It wasn't anything crazy like Amityville horror had more to do with the way it felt, you know, yeah, like yeah. the the vibes I got. But there were things, things growling at me, things knocking on the walls, footsteps upstairs in a house when I, when nobody was there. That's yeah, the yeah. most scared I've ever been in my life. And this is just a few years ago. And um, there was a tornado touchdown like about a mile away from where, this house I was living in. And all the doors were rattling and shaking and stuff. And uh, uh, there was a, a grandfather clock in there that wasn't even didn't even work. It was gonging like all this weird shit, man. Like that's my horror story for sure. And at some point, I'll tell the whole entire story on some show or something. And yeah, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna take like an hour. You don't want to do it right now, I promise you. Yeah. But um, it's it's uh, it was scary. That was the most scary I've ever been in my life. Easily. I don't blame you, man. It's, it'd be one thing to, uh, you know, like to move into just something that's, you know, like uh, just feels, you know, a little bit older or whatever, you know, like at this mm-hmm. point in time, just because like, you know, as years go on, you know, it's like just adds to the like what could be haunted and stuff like that. But and, uh, this house move- was built in the 1800s and it looked old. It was on a on a on a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, you name it, everything that a horror movie, everything just like in Scream, they say I didn't follow the rules, man. Like yeah. not the, not the screen rules, but the rules of the paranormal rules. You don't move into houses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dude. You don't move on to houses that are on cemeteries that are, you know, 200 years old. And you know, yeah. you don't do that. And I did it and I paid the price. You know, I got, I got ran out of the house a lot like Amityville horror, just not that, you know, dramatic of things happening as what supposedly happened to the Lutzes. Yeah. Um, but I, I left there the most scared I've ever been in my life. I fleed that house literally and came back to Vegas Damn. alone because Lauren was still here trying to sell the house, yeah. you know, our house that, that I ended up keeping. So uh, it was, uh, it was real. And that, from that time on, dude, like, like I used to do a lot of stuff. I like on tour, I always wanted to go to the cemeteries and the graveyard and collecting all this shit. I, I don't really do that stuff so much anymore. I'm kind of starting to get back into it, yeah. but um, I'm, I'm afraid of that stuff now because now I've experienced it. You know, I've been on the ghost hunts with the, with the people. I feel okay doing those with other people who do that all the time, yeah. but um, yeah. I don't, it's just not a novelty me novelty to me anymore. Now it's real, you know? Yeah. Now you'd hope so. that if uh, doing it with people that do it all the time, if something was to attach itself to one of y'all, it do it to them since they're the ones always fucking with it. But if you do it right. by yourself, it's like, it's definitely going to attach itself to me. I ain't going to, no, but yeah, man, now that's fucking nuts. I definitely feel you, especially living it. Like you said, you moved in by yourself. So it's like, that just adds to so everything you hear, you know, it isn't another person. Cause there's nobody else in the fucking house. It's nobody like, else, man. Yeah. yeah. It was, you know, and there were bats in there. So I know some of the noises could have been attributed to them being inside the walls maybe, but yeah, I mean, you know, put it this way, man, I was on the phone with my dad and they all thought I was going crazy. Cause uh, I had, uh, I had, I had been involved in a couple of like, I don't know how to put it, but like shootings. Yeah. And uh, so I was already kind of tripping, you know, and um, and then I, I had a, a, an incident out there where I where uh, there was a stabbing, which I was involved with. Mm. And um, so I was already like, you know, when you have those kind of legal troubles, you're always, you're already real skittish, you know. Yeah. 
And um, that's one of the reasons I was out there was because I just wanted to get away from people because I was reacting too negatively to people. And um, so my mindset was not correct already. So I was, I was attributing a lot to it, a lot of it to just me, you know, thinking I was tripping and, and maybe like having some kind of episode, but I was on the phone with my pops. I would call my dad at night. I wouldn't go in or out of this house unless it was daytime. So yeah. once I went in the house, I locked down in the basement. And I stayed there and the basement was refinished. It sounds crazy, but that was what looked like a modern house was in the basement. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't leave nothing. But so I would call my pops and just, you know, rap with them a little because it made me feel a little safe. And uh, one of the nights, one of the last nights I was there, you know, I, I, it got to the point where I could hear all these all this banging and scratches on the walls and shit. And and I was like not used to it, but I just had kind of convinced myself that I, it wasn't real, that I was just like bugging out. Yeah. And, and believe me, I've, I've never done any kind of hard drugs or nothing in my whole life. I don't do that kind of shit. Yeah. So um, but my dad was like, what's all that noise? What are you doing? I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, what's all that banging? And I was like, that's this fucking house. You know, it's not me. That's that's what I'm telling you about, because I had been telling him and he thought I was crazy. You know, he was like, you need to come home and go see a doctor or some shit. I was like, no, man, I'm telling you, this shit's real. So yeah. um, he heard it. And then he was and when I told him, I was like, dude, that's the house. I'm just sitting on the bed right now. And he was like, get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? Why are you there still? Get out of there. That's not right. You know, that shouldn't be going on like that. Yeah. He heard it with him. He heard it himself. And I caught some of it on video, you know, mm. some of the noises and shit. It's like, you know, it's a real a legitimate story, you know, a legitimate thing that happened yeah. and uh even now you know now i'm all you know once you get past that point where you think you might have been tripping you look back on it and i know it's i know now that i wasn't really tripping i, I was i was you know a little skittish but i wasn't out of my mind by yeah. any means i was very very much in my mind you know yeah that's fucking nuts man i'm glad that you did get out of there you know sometimes you know you always wonder like was fleeing the right thing i'm sure you probably second guess every now and then but i mean I'm, you know, thinking about hindsight of how bad it could have gone. I'm glad that you, you know, got away from it and it didn't go as Dude, bad that, as it could have. Yeah. Things were escalating. I was getting injuries. Um, I got yeah. in a car wreck out there, totaled my pickup. I could wow. barely walk. I was, I fucked my back up. My ribs were probably broken. I was fucked up and, and I just kept getting, everything just kept going wrong over and over and over everything. Things that never happened. I don't get in car wrecks. Yeah. You know, I let, one of the reasons I wanted to leave the cities is because there's so much traffic. I go out there, there's one other car for probably, you know, two square miles and and we get and i get in a wreck with them it's, it's like so almost impossible and it yeah. happened you know and it was just like escalating escalating and finally it was like man i'm not supposed to be here you know and i'm yeah. glad i didn't i'm glad i came back because then i did hell nurse i joined downset of all these cool things that you know i've that i've done recently would have never happened if i was living out in some house and fucking the midwest you know all by my you know with just me and lauren fucking staring at the internet all day you know yeah no exactly what you mean yeah Hell yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. I'm glad that you uh, made it out and everything's good. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, so good, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show, man, and for sharing everything. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Man. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. You know, of course, great, man. Great to wrap with you. Same here. And uh, do you want to remind people, you know, the 85 Graves, you know, YouTube channel and stuff like that and where they can find it? Um, oh, yeah. It's uh, just uh, YouTube.com slash 85 Grave. It's uh, same with all the social medias, you know, the Instagram, the Facebook. It's all just slash 85 Grave. Hell yeah. yeah. And if there's any new .com. Hell yeah. Also. If there's any new info on the um downset record coming up, uh, you know, by the time this episode drops, I'll definitely add it into the intro and outro. So cool, cool. Yeah. Right oh, on. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for uh, your show, man. Your show is great. Uh, I love your passion, man. What you do, you know. Of course, man. I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, it's a great show. I love it.
Hell yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you again for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your night. Right on, brother. You too. Have a good night. You too, man. Later. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only makeup effects artist Howard Berger from K&B Effects, who most horror fans know have worked on a ton of horror films from films like Day of the Dead, Evil Dead 2, Intruder, some of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, Scream, and a bunch more. So make sure you check back next week for that. As far as the new downset record goes, They announced that they signed with Nuclear Blast, and they will be re-releasing their first two original 7 inches through them, as well as their brand new record titled Maintain sometime in 2022. So be on the lookout for that. And also in the month of April, since I'll be hitting two years of the podcast, as you heard earlier in this episode, I mentioned that I did some Patreon episodes last year, and I ended up shutting down the Patreon due to just not being able to make the time for the bonus episode every month. So what I'm going to do is every Friday in the month of April, I'll be re-releasing those episodes as bonus episodes where me and a past guest deep dive into one of our favorite horror movies. So there's episodes where me and Eric Claxon from I Am discuss Videodrone. You got me and Mike from Madball discussing The Conjuring and a bunch more. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Reviews are highly appreciated if you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks again and stay safe.